Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways that you could save. My name is Daniel Dopp. Sitting next to me is my best friend, Mike Clay. Mike, how you doing? I'm, I'm uh, good. Lots of room. I'm not really so next to you. So much space for I'm activities. I'm so far away. We're, seriously, we should have set up a game here. We could have played, uh, what's a good game? Uh, like we could have played uh, Cornhole here, maybe? Oh, uh, we could have played Cornhole. Tiny this is little a big Cornhole game. game. Yeah, we could have done we that. Set, set up some board Tether games. Tetherball, maybe? Uh, yeah. Uh, I played Exploding Kittens with the girls yesterday. Ever play that? No, I have not. I've seen it. Game. It's a fun card game. Yeah. That, that looks like it's a lot it of fun. Is. It's good. So stuff like that. We got to do that next time. Yeah. We, with tables. all this room for activities. That's why I mean, it's June, right? Everyone's watching. They want to hear a little bit about football, but you know, why not just play some board games? I'm with you on that one. Right. Yeah. We can do like some board game breakdowns. I'm in on that. Right. Also hanging out in our YouTube chat for the last time. And we will what? talk about this more later on in the show is our good friend, Kyle Soppy. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Daniel. It's a great day to talk football. How are you doing? It's a great day to talk football. Love seeing your face, dude. We are going to come back to you towards the end of the show, Kyle, uh, and ask you a bunch of questions and talk to you a whole bunch. But, man, it's, it's always good to see you. It is. Mike, yeah. we got a lot that we're going to get into today. We're talking about overvalued players. We're talking about undervalued players. I wrote a column a couple weeks ago uh, that we are going to kind of dive into. I just want to say this, though. It's freaking June. Mm-hmm. please don't be drafting your fantasy leagues to be like, oh yeah, right now this player is overvalued or undervalued. I should go out and draft them immediately. No, 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 no. Please don't do your drafts until August or I mean, September. Unless you're doing best ball, right? That's like, a different conversation. Okay. If you're a degenerate that wants to do best ball and I'm one of them, I'm yeah, one of you. Me too. That's I mean, fine. I draft year round. Best I mean, ball is a totally different conversation, but yeah, I'm, yeah. when we're talking redraft stuff, like please, you know, this is part of it. We're talking about looking into the future and saying guys that we think could be undervalued or overvalued as we get closer to draft season. Yeah, this is like rookie draft season. You could do dynasty startups. You could do dynasty certainly startups. best ball year round. I mean, you could they start in the playoffs yep. of the previous year, right? So there's things you could be doing, but I'm with you. If you're just in like a normal season-long draft, maybe a couple of keepers, not necessarily. You're probably waiting until August. We're just that. trying to yeah. tuck it away in our brain yeah. so that we can bring it back once it's time for the real draft season. So you. let's jump into some of this, Mike. I've already talked about some of these players. I think we both have actually at a number of places. I'm yeah. going to start with Ken Walker the third. Right. And this is, by the way, from a column you just wrote, right? This is from a column that I just wrote. You yeah. can check it out on ESPN.com. It is free. Okay. Um, so you wrote undervalued, overvalued. I had a roundtable with Field. I did an article where I compared players to Taylor Swift songs. And there yeah. was some, some overlap. Yes, there was. two columns, right? So, yes, yeah, I wrote about Ken, Ken Walker the third as well. So let's talk about him. So tell me why. You, where did you have him? Because he ends up on my overvalued list. Where did he end yeah. up for you? Well, first of all, let's let's be clear. Going into the draft, we were feeling so great so about Ken good. Walker, right? I mean, coming into the league, he was a guy that was highly efficient at the college level. Yep. And we were worried about his pass catching. Yep. Uh, but his rushing efficiency was outstanding, right? It was it was a guy we thought would come in and, and be able to be super productive at the pro level right away. Uh, and, and efficient. And that's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Once he got an opportunity, once Rashad Penny was out of there, he was a top 10 fantasy running back. He was handling like 80% of the carries. He still struggled as a pass catcher. And that yep. was kind of a limitation, right? Would he ever truly break out and be an elite RB one? Or would he be like a little worse than Nick Chubb? Maybe right. and that's concerning. That's Nick Chubb not has never good. been a top five running back, right? In PPR, right? He can't really get over the top because of the lack of pass catching. So but still, we felt good, right? We were like, all right, this is a guy that's really good rusher in a good position in this offense. He's going to be their feature back. What happened and during then, the draft, though, Mike? And then they spent another second-round pick <laughs> on a running back, one of our favorite <laughs> running backs in this draft, Zach yes, Charbonnet, one of the guys right. we thought. I mean, 
look, obviously Charbonnet is the reason we're concerned about Walker. We'll get into that in a second uh, because he is a three down back. He's good size. This is a guy who going into the draft was being mocked to teams like Cincinnati if they cut Joe Mixon. I mean, if they drafted Charbonnet and say the third round, they might have cut Joe Mixon. They might have. Yep. And where would we be ranking Charbonnet right now? Like 15th, Top, yeah. 16th, Top 15. like around Jamar Gibbs. That's how how much we thought of him and really how much the league thought of him if he went in the second round, right? So to land here is rough for both of these guys and for the long term, medium term at the yep. very least, because they're both young. They were both just drafted in, in the last uh, 14 months. They're going to be together for quite a while. So it knocked Walker down for me quite a bit. Um, I'm, I had him like RB eight or nine before dr- the draft. Now I have him RB 20. I'm actually lowest. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, you're just ahead. I got him at 19. So 19. Yep. He, he's fallen from basically a back end RB one to a fringe RB two. And that's really tough because you can't imagine that the Seahawks are going to go out and use a second round draft pick and then let the guy Brutal. just ride the pine, right? There's no chance. You that. know that yeah. they're going to use him. And here's the other part that is interesting about this, Mike. Zach Charbonnet, and we already talked about it. He's a pass catching specialist. He's, that's one of the things that he does really well. He's a really good pass catcher, but he's got the body to be able to handle three down work. If anything mm-hmm. were to happen to Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet would step right into being a top 10 running back because he can do maybe not all the things that Ken Walker does on the ground as well as him, mm-hmm. but he's got the ability to be out there for a full, as a full complement of a three down back. Yeah, so it, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's possible. I think Walker leads and carries, right? Yes, uh, I, I agree with projected. that. I have him 224, Charbonnet 136. It could be maybe a little closer, but that's a, a decent share. Uh, and then I have uh, Walker with 29 catches. I have Charbonnet with 25. So similar target share. I could see that being flip-flopped. Maybe Charbonnet. I, I went that way because I think Walker will just be on the field a little more. Sure. And their target shares will be similar. It's not an offense that's going to target the running backs a lot. So, uh, But that those that usage could be similar. But um, here's the thing. He's a second round. He's going to play, right? He's so going to be on the field. If this is a Pollard-Elliott sort of thing or a Chubb-Hunt thing, it could limit their upside a bit. And you might say, well, th- some of those backs are really good in fantasy, but... If Walker's not, if Walker's going to catch twenty passes, right, then he's not going to have that ceiling. Some of the maybe some of them other guys did, like uh, Zeke in his prime, or even Pollard, and we can go on and on with these committee backfields. So, I, I don't know. I just worry about the ceiling for both guys. If one goes down, though, the yeah. other one will be you the know an RB one either yes. either direction. So Huge. there's interesting value here. But yeah, it's just tough. It was just he was one of the biggest player. I don't want to say loser, but a guy that took a hit during the draft for sure. Uh, and I still think his ADP, which by the way is in like round four. Which is in best ball right now. That's yeah. too early for me. There's just, there's just other backs you can get later. Uh, Rashad White, Miles Sanders. Those guys are closer to where he is now, and you can get them a lot later. Well, I, I also think it's it's tough because looking at this team in general, I want to be, and I can be, all in on Ken Walker, but I, I, I do feel like we are in a spot where we're trusting a Geno Smith-led offense after he, for the first time in a 10-year career, played like a legitimate true quarterback. And now there's an expectation that the Seahawks offense is going to have that same kind of value coming into this season. And it very well could happen. Geno mm-hmm. Smith may have turned the corner. You could put together a couple of really useful seasons, but there's a chance that Geno isn't the same guy that he was last year mm-hmm. through a full 17 games. And how is that going to affect this offense? Again, knowing that they went out and used a second round pick after Ken Walker mm-hmm. had over 1200 total yards from scrimmage and nine touchdowns and was second in the offensive rookie of the year voting, they went out and grabbed a guy to be able to compliment him. Like that, that says something. It it was tough. I I don't still don't understand it. Like uh, I, 
I feel bad for running backs. Another being treated right now, and they probably, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we've we've seen that story. I want them to get taken care of, but agreed for a team like that that has other roster voids to spend a second round pick on a running back, especially with the running back value that's been found, or even veterans that are available. I mean, you could have got a Fournette or a Kareem Hunt and teamed him up with Walker for a year or two. Yep. And I feel, but anyway, that's a different conversation. But by the way, to your point though. That's another thing you might say, well, they'll just like Green Bay this year. We expect them to try to run that offense through the two running backs, right? A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. It's really young at the wide receiver and tight end position in Seattle. They don't need to do that. They have to get the ball in the hands of D.K. DK Metcalf, Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Jackson Smith. And they're Jigba. on their first round pick. Not to mention you have one of the better one, two punches at tight end with Will Disley and Noah Fan, And they're not just going to disappear. They're going to have a handful of targets as well. So there are a lot of mouths to feed in this mouse. offense. Uh, in this offense, it's a it's good for Seattle. Maybe not so good for fantasy. Agreed. We're going to talk about the rest of the un- overvalued guys here for a minute. I just want to set that up now because we're saying all the negative stuff first, but it's so we can end the this part talking about the positives. Is that okay? You right That's with fine that? with me. I'll do. I'll do all negative. I'll do all positive. No, Whatever. You don't have, you don't have Look, Mike Clay. I'm, I'm just, negative. No, I'm just. I'm as objective as they come, my friend. <laughs> negative I will Mike just. Uh, even if it's the Eagles or the Cowboys, I'll give it to you straight. That's yeah. My, that's all my right. Job here. Well, then let's talk about Michael Pittman, because this is one that I think is uh, also really, I think a lot of people see this the same way, right? Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with Michael Pittman. I wrote about this. I have him on my overvalued list because of where he is being drafted right now in ADP. And the idea that Michael Pittman, who struggled last year, not because of him, but because of inaccurate quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to switch to Anthony Richardson, who could be a top five quarterback because of his legs. But the one thing that he struggles with, Mike accuracy throwing the football the one thing that we need Michael Pittman to be able to have him be a good quarterback for and so it's tough for me when I look at Pittman because it feels like a second year in a row we haven't even gotten to the season it already almost feels like a lost season and so trying to hedge that bet trying to not get too far ahead of myself but definitely Michael Pittman is a guy that I see as overvalued because of the situation that he is in not because of the talent of the player yeah, there's a, a lot of concerns here. I'm with you um, in that Taylor Swift comp article. I comped him to you should have said no, yeah. which is to say, <laughs> say no on draft day when he's available in the fifth round. Fifth round just too early for yeah. a guy that's in this position. Agreed. Look, last year, the, the Colts were eighth in the NFL in pass attempts with 604. Uh, Michael Pittman last year, top 10 at receiver in snaps, routes, and targets, career highs and catches, and end zone targets. Daniel, he had two top 12 fantasy weeks. He was outside the top 20 in fantasy points per game with all that volume. All Are you that. kidding me? Yeah. And and I, I know what the, the pushback on that is, which is kind of what you just said, right? Really poor quarterback play. But check this out. Last season, I'm going to compare Colts quarterbacks as a group last year to first round quarterbacks as rookies over the last decade. Okay. okay? Got it. 65% completion percentage for Colts quarterbacks last year, 61% for first round quarterbacks over the last decade, 6.4 yards per attempt for Colts QBs, first round quarterback 6.7. So very similar. Okay. 17 passing touchdowns the Colts had last season. Okay. That's really low. Rookie round one quarterbacks in the last decade, only eight got over 17. And one of those eight was over 250 rushing yards. So it was pocket quarterbacks that were even getting to that number. Yeah. So if you're going to say, well, it's going to be a lot better this year with the first round. Nah, I don't. <laughs> uh, history says no. Like even good ones, that includes good ones like Herbert and guys who were yeah. successful. So, and we're talking about a guy who you just pointed out completed about fifty four percent of his passes at the college level and is very inexperienced. So, there is massive reason for concern that even with a big target share, Pittman will struggle for volume, efficiency, and touchdowns in this offense. So, fifth round ADP is uh, is way too much for me. You know, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Cooks. 
Michael Thomas, all guys that are uh, that he's going ahead of right now. I'm at 32. Honestly, we're as a group lower on him than the industry. So other places he's going again, fifth round. Like we're in the 30s. Like he's, I liked him last year going in, and he 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 played in 17 games. Like he was okay. He just had no upside, and now this situation, I'm out. Nope, no way. I think you're right. I've been looking at any time that I I have drafted Anthony Richardson in best ball. Mm -hmm. The guy that I'm trying to stack him with is not Michael Pittman because it's just too, like that's too high of a pick. I'm looking at Alec Pierce hoping that maybe he can lay or Jelani Woods, who's basically free at the end of best ball drafts. But Michael Pittman, in order to do that, and I realize it's not redraft, but it's tough to be able to pair Michael Pittman with Anthony Richardson as a stack. I was going to say, do you even need to stack stack Richardson? Like he's a guy you could draft naked and not, you know, be okay with that. Not, have a target right because the volume there is not going to be great so yep all right who knows i don't know but i'm with you there not on not on pittman are you um are you big undrafted naked guys or are you more (laughs) i knew that was Uh, ah, (laughs) yeah huzzah come on that's a common term right i know you just made that up yeah totally right of course daniel so mature how old are you well, you're wearing that, you're wearing that shirt. So. I'm wearing a button-up shirt ripped today. Up jeans. Come on. Silly socks. These socks have uh, dinosaurs on them, and there's nothing wrong with that. So right, actually, uh, that's fair. We're gonna keep like moving them. on. I want them. I want to talk about Evan Ingram. I think there's another okay. guy that I have as overvalued, and I don't know how you feel about it. I'm gonna lay out a little bit of a, a conversation, and you can tell me if I'm right or if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, about a best ball around 980p right now. So yeah, not, yeah. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is tough for me. Evan Ingram last year um, was fantastic for all intents and purposes. Well, for a month, yeah. For well, and even so, he finished as I think tight end seven. Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, here I'll t- I'll tell you what I found here. So forty eight point five percent of his points came in a four game stretch. Remember that stretch he had in the middle of the season? I he do. had that one huge game. Almost half of his points came in those four games. He was tight end one those weeks. He was tight end twenty five. The other ones. The rest of the season. So. He, I remember like the first two months of the season, he would like have a decent game and we were kind of ranking him around 10th or so, but then he would be bad and then have a decent game and then bad. And then he just had that crazy stretch for a month. So I mean, I'm with you overall, the numbers added up to a good season, but uh, that, that's what gives me pause about him. So he had career highs in receiving yards. He had career highs in receptions. But the two downsides for me are he didn't catch a lot of touchdowns. Only four touchdowns last year. The most he's ever had in a season is six. And I said this uh, yesterday or two days ago when I did the Dallas Goddard video that I put out online. Sure. He's, Love those. he's one of those guys that's he's more of a chain mover than he is a touchdown maker. Yeah, there's a lot of tight ends like that. That's kind of why a guy like Travis Kelsey or even it, Mark Andrews and perhaps Darren Waller or why we why I still like Kyle Pitts. Like yep. those guys that can be elite difference makers they're going to separate from that group. from that yep friar Muth, got like all those guys because they're going to score four or five touchdowns that's just the nature of that position and you add into that the idea that evan ingram while being fantastic in, in his own right last year during that stretch now adds calvin ridley as yeah. well to this right. offense and we expect calvin ridley to be a very heavily featured part of this passing game mm-hmm. as well as hopefully travis Etienne being able to take another step forward because this was only his second Honestly, second season, but it was really his first year as an NFL player because he missed his entire first season. So I look at this and it's like Evan Ingram, just again, another offense where it's not necessarily about him. There are so many mouths to feed here. It's going to be tough for him to, I think, finish as that top seven tight end Mm -hmm. that he did last year. He's, you know, got fringe tight end 10 written on him as far as I'm concerned, but I don't think he's going to repeat what he did last year because of the changes this team has made. I'm with you. I think six to 14, anywhere in that range is perfectly reasonable for him. Uh, I agree. And yeah, I actually have his targets falling from 98 to 87 yardage down touchdowns, the same 
receptions down by 13. And part of that is we have to distribute some of that target share to Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Ridley. They also drafted a tight end in the second round. I don't think he's going to be much of a factor, probably more of a blocker this year, maybe a long-term plan with Ingram on the franchise tag. Not too worried about that. But yeah, I think the target share comes down a little bit this season. Get round nine isn't going to crush you for ADP, but I agree. I think a slight step back is in order. And it's tough because I, I really do love this Jags offense. And I know, Kyle, you're super big as well on what you think uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to do this year. Him and I have talked about this before. But I know you're real big on Trevor Lawrence. Do you? What do you like about Evan Ingram and potentially being able to look at this Jags offense? Or are you kind of with Mike and I on this one? Yeah, I'm a little bit with you guys. I mean, it's, it's the tight end position, right? So you don't really have to be on Ingram to be in on Ingram. I'm just not drafting a tight end in that range. If I'm going to go tight end, maybe I'd pay up big for a guy like Kelsey or pay way down. But Ingram kind of in that middle tier that I'm not landing in a whole lot. I love his offense. I love his quarterback. There's a lot that I want to be excited about, but the situation, I think just it's, I got to lower him just a little bit. Yeah. I, and I agree with Kyle, like that middle tier isn't as enticing as last year. Like I saw some upside in Hawkinson and Firemuth and had that duo on a lot of teams and that worked out great, worked last, out great year. last year. This year, it's not quite as appealing. So you're right. If you're not going to pay up for one of them top guys, like I'll, I would throw the dart at pits. I've talked about that. Obviously Kelsey's fine. Andrews, uh, that area don't love Kittle, but then you might just, wait and throw a dart at that point to the later rounds Chico Conquo. I was I just going to say Jelani Woods, but we talked about the volume. Juwan Johnson offense. as like a potential like touchdown guy. Yeah, although Foster Moreau's there now and he's generating a lot of hype too. And Juwan Johnson, I, I don't, he's a former wide receiver. So there's some appeal there, but I don't know that he's a guy we, I feel super firm about, like I could see his target share falling a little bit. And also Taysom Hill thinks he's going to be involved more in the passing game now in this new offense. Remember, he's not going to play as much quarterback. Derek Carr is the man there now, and they have a lot of depth at running back, so he's not going to be there. He was playing, actually, he was basically, when Mark Ingram was hurt last year, he was their number two running back, and that's yeah. why he soaked up a lot of carries. That's the role he was playing. That's going to be different when you have Kendry Miller and Jamal Williams, and eventually Kamara will be in there, assuming suspension. That's yeah, so, so weird. I feel like Taysom Hill is the guy that, like, when you play four positions, you play no positions. And like yeah, I, for uh, fantasy, that's how it works out for us. Maybe for the, the Saints, it's really great from an NFL perspective yeah, to have that gadget guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's worked out well for them. It's uh, who it's a real nightmare for is the guy uh, that has to kind of lead the, dis- the discussion on what position to give him. Yeah. There's been no drama with that over the years, has there? <laughs> We've never had worries We've about had any concerns about out. his position. Yeah. Flex only. He really should be more of a. Just a flex I, I, play. Look, we talked about making him a running back this year. Like, full discretion. We had that conversation. Should we just make him a running back? And that was like, or should he just be a flex, which we'd have to kind of adjust our game to do. Yeah. Now it sounds like he is just going to focus on tight end, even though he was listed at tight end last year and didn't really play tight end. So he's just one of those guys that it's a, a, a headache, but it's a fun little variable in fantasy yeah. football. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Something for us to be able to talk about. All right. We got one more overvalued player we want to talk about. Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers makes this list, Mike Clay. How are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers now that he's going to be commanding this Jets offense? All right, Taylor Swift comp here. Uh, the song is Bad Blood. You bad know, Blood, huh? Bad blood. Okay, and the reason for this is very simple. I was in big time on Aaron Rodgers last year. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a secret whatsoever. You know that. I mean, I know that. I, I, know was, that. I defended him all offseason. Yeah, I know he lost Devontae Adams, but... Uh, he was QB nine or better in 13 of his first 14 seasons in the NFL. And That's was good. Like worst case fringe QB one, right? That seemed like worst case. He was 25th yep. on points per game basis. It was a massive, massive fall off. Infamously zero games with 20 fantasy points last year. He's not adding value with his legs anymore. Honestly, his supporting cast is not that much better than he had in Green Bay last year. Garrett Wilson is 
maybe that's what he needs, right? Maybe having essentially what could be that another Devontae Adams and elite yeah. running back because he has that ceiling. He was really good last year. Maybe having that does prove to be the difference, but the offensive line's not as good as it was in Green Bay. It could be if the tackles are healthy, but there's some concerns there. And behind, uh, you know, behind Wilson, it's very similar. Yeah. You know, it's actually literally similar. <laughs> Alan Lazar, yeah. Randall Cobb, like uh, guys like that. So, um, I don't, I don't know who's there I for the Jets. Who's left from the Jets that didn't come over as a part of that holdover? Denzel uh, Mims? Corey, yeah, yeah, Corey he, Davis? If he makes the team, Corey Davis is still there. He brought in Miko Hardman as well, who's, who's going to be more of a gadget guy. You got Ty Conklin? Conklin, Uzoma, uh, Rucker, they drafted last year. Yeah, that's not... There's nothing... There's no elite players there. They're solid players. It could be a solid offense, but there's not... It's not like he's walking into Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Greg, Greg Jennings, like yeah. uh, whatever, to Michael Finley, all that kind of group, right? So... I, I don't think it's it'll will it be better than last year? Twenty fifth, yeah, I think so. I have him fourteenth. But will it be back to Rogers being a QB one? Top ten? I don't think so, especially without the rushing. Yeah. Especially without that. And I, I'm interested to see the way that this actually just speaking of rushing, not for Aaron Rodgers, but like what does Brees Hall look like in this offense and how yeah. is that gonna impact this Jets team? Because if he comes back and looks like the guy that he was before he got hurt, they had mm-hmm. a freaking superstar. I mean, he was fantastic. Add into that the fact that Garrett Wilson can keep being Garrett Wilson. It really does feel like he just kind of traded the Packers offense for the Jets offense, and it's just an upgrade at it's. He's just upgrading Garrett Wilson over Christian Watson. It's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I think the skill guys are a little better and more experienced. I guess you could you could say that, right? They were pretty young. Uh, Lazard aside, and Cobb didn't really play a lot last year in terms of his usage in the passing game. So maybe there's that, you know. But I don't think, especially when you consider the offensive line as well, I don't think it's a huge change by yeah. any means. So, again, will it be better? I think so. Will it be QB1? Aaron Rodgers, I don't think so. Yeah, mid-tier QB2 from that perspective. Maybe, I don't know, someone in a super flex league, if I'm yeah. looking at a second quarterback, guy that I might feel a little bit better at because I do think he will be better this mm-hmm. year, but maybe not a one-quarterback target. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and talk some positive names now that we're done with the negativity. But first, Geico asks... How would you have a chance to save some money on insurance? Oh, I would. Of course you would, Mike. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, your truck, your motorcycle, your boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app available, 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today. See all the ways that you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Boom. All right, we're going to talk about some positivity now, and I am excited about this first one, although there's a little bit of negativity that comes along with it, yeah. Mike. I have Samaj P. Ryan as one of my top undervalued players because of what is going on in that Denver backfield. We're waiting to figure out what's going on with Javante Williams. Sean Payton has been, I think I said in the column, oppressively optimistic about how Javante Williams will be ready for the season, ready for training camp. That's All common this, this time of year. Coach yeah. speak. Don't like I am not buying any of that. I'm buying into the idea that they went out and added Samaj P. Ryan, who I think is going to be a very useful member of this backfield. Even if Javante Williams comes back after a couple of games, it feels like they're still going to use him rather than just give Javante 30 carries a game. So I have Samaj P. Ryan right now as running back 32. And I think that that like that's a really good value with where you're grabbing a running back that can potentially deliver some top 20 running back weeks. If if Javante Williams misses any time. Yeah, if it's looking like Williams is going to go on the PUP list and miss, say, six games to start the season, then we're going to feel really good about Piran because the schedule to open the season is very appealing. In fact, I was peeking at some week, like week one through six projections on yep. where Piran will be. And keep in mind, his competition right now, this is who's on the roster. They could add someone, but for now, Tony Jones Jr., he followed Sean Payton from the Saints. He's been a 
He's a journeyman. A fringe guy. Tyler yeah. Batty was a seventh rounder, I believe, last year. Has barely seen the field in the NFL. Jaleel McLaughlin is getting a little hype as an undrafted free agent running back. Love his I, sister, um, Sarah. She's so good. Exactly, right? So I've never you know, heard of him. I, I feel bad saying that, but he, I, I don't know who that guy is. I just heard, I think he was in our column. Our uh, our team of NFL Nation reporters did like kind of like uh, under the radar breakout players at training camp, right? Or at camp, training yep. camp. And he was on, on that list, right? Because that. they don't really have anyone there, right? So yep. uh, he made a little bit of noise. But th- that's kind of the point, right? There's a lot of people watching and listening who are like, I've never heard of any of those guys. <laughs> and that's it. So let's say week one's right now and there's no Williams. It's the P. Ryan show. And we might rank him 10th in week one yep. and 12th in week two. Like the schedule's pretty appealing to open the season. And this guy could be pushing for 20 touches. So yeah, 32. I mean, he will be ranked way, even if Williams is cleared, he's going to be ranked higher than 32 to open the season. The question with him and the reason that he's going in the ninth round is when Williams is clear and a factor and is getting 10 touches, then 12, then 14, and P. Ryan disappears, when the fantasy playoffs rolls around, you might not have a starting running back in P. Ryan. That's why you can't take him too much earlier. But Williams is one step back away from not playing the season. Uh-huh. And then P Ryan is going to get a ton of value. And assume, you know, again, they could add someone else, but he's would likely be their top back. Hey, look, I have some reservations about him because he's never had more than uh, a hundred. Let's see. He had 133 touches last year. The prior four seasons, he had a total of 172. Wow. He's never been over 200. He didn't work out as a lead back in Washington. So he's fresh is what you're saying. He's fresh, I guess. I mean, he, look, he was RB2 when Mixon was hurt last year. Look good. Over three weeks, Josh Jacobs, the only running back with more fantasy points. So he did. Maybe he's coming around later in his career at age 28. So he's a guy that I think early in the season is going to have a lot more value than later in the season. But a lot of that will depend on Javante Williams. One of my favorite late round running back, tar- not late, but like mid to late round running back targets right now. Yeah. I like him a lot more than a lot of the guys in that circle. I, I do. I do want to say I of the drafts that I have done so far this year. I've basically avoided Javante Williams. Yeah, me too. And whether this is right or wrong, I feel like after part of fantasy, Mike is learning through your friend's mistakes. And so after Saquon and JK Dobbins, it's like, when I look at this, you're talking about uh, my friend, someone who used to work for (laughs) somebody, somebody that I used to know. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Don't worry about it. Uh, But but, I mean, if I'm looking at a guy, like somebody that I, I want to feel confident in taking a running back that is coming back from an injury and the last three seasons, there have been really big names that have given me a ton of pause. Mm-hmm. And the idea that I could, hey, grab this guy now, and after the first couple of weeks of the season, he's going to be great for you. Like, that's not an, uh, you can't come into the season with that as an expectation. Nope. It doesn't work, especially a running back, it seems like. Right. Because of the, the way that, the way, the grind of that position, the way that that position is handled by the NFL team, like, it's, it's tough. So in looking at Javante Williams, I'm just sort of been out on him because of what's happened the last couple of seasons with injured running backs. I may end up being wrong here across the board, but I'm, I'm definitely defaulting to P Ryan over Jamal, uh, over Javante Williams based on where they're being drafted right yeah, now. Yeah, and I exactly. I think in like best ball and like underdog, those those yep. sort of leagues, I think his ADP Javante is ahead of P Ryan. It's like seventh round and yep. that, no way. I'm not in That's that range. That's too much for me. Uh, yeah. No way. If he was going like late in drafts, you want to throw a dart, fine. But this is a guy that might not play for half the season. And by the way, when he comes back and certainly the first month of this or so of the season, if, if he's ready for week one, 
he's not going to be a featured back featured back at all. Like, so you're going to be start like week one. Do I even start him if he's active? Right. Probably not. Right. Probably not. That's going to be one to keep watching. And the, of all the positions and I'll move on after this of all the positions that we're talking about, this is the one position that has a ton of free agents that could impact everything that we're talking about here with this running That's back right. room. So Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, add in a plethora of other guys that didn't even get mentioned that like, there's a lot that could happen between now and the start of the season. That's a good point. I mean, I was thinking that as I was talking about P Ryan and if Javante were to, to have a setback and be out long term, they I mean they could go out. Dalvin Cook's waiting around. He isn't signed and could wait a while. What if that'd be if I was Dalvin Cook and that spot opened up? Been hearing rumors about Miami. Yeah. Apparently Miami's like a the front runner, obviously, yeah. but we'll see. Because I, th- I think you're right. If if there is any rumors about Javante Williams missing any kind of like significant time or being put on PUP. It seems like this team would have to go out and find one of these other running backs. And then we have to reassess how we're looking at this entire backfield. Yeah, even if it's Kareem Hunt or someone like that, yeah. right? But yep. Kareem Hunt would probably be good news for P. Ryan. He would kind of be still in position for like 15 or so touches, I would say, startable in fantasy. But if it's like Dalvin Cook, then you're like, then you're right, in that's, trouble. that's the problem yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, Mike, there was one wide receiver that made history in the NFL last year, although it was not uh-huh. the kind of history that you want to make. Deontay Johnson, will you tell the people what kind of history he made? We've mentioned it before, but we know not everyone listens to every show. Yes, the an NFL record. NFL an record. NFL record for catches in a, most catches in a season without a touchdown. He had 85 catches last season, zero touchdowns. It's never happened before. That's so, unreal. Uh, it, it was unreal. Uh, but it was, look, he had 20 touchdowns in his first three seasons. So he it's not like he came. He actually had eight the year before. Uh, and the wheels fell off. We've talked about this on previous podcasts. It, the Steelers offense was better than you realize their efficiency was about average, maybe a little above average in terms of EPA per play, that kind of thing. Uh, so they were moving the ball and that's why Chris Boswell had a lot of field goal attempts because they just could not score touchdowns. Mm So again, I think there was a little bit this off season. You saw them, they addressed the offensive line, which I've been, I've been crushing them for the last two years. Steelers fans did not want to hear it, but that was a big problem. Yeah. And now we've, we've, they've started to address it. They're doing a better job at that. Um, and Allen Robinson, good as a third receiver, one of the most heavily targeted players near the goal line last season. That's all he did was randomly score touchdowns for the Rams. That's all he accomplished so weird. there. And then Darnell Washington, third round tight end, six foot six. That's a guy that I think will be on the field and 12 personnel near the goal line. And Connor Hayward, too. Don't forget about him. His yep. brother's on the team. Yep. He's a fullback tight end, each back sort of player. He's going to steal some scores too. Maybe a little Kyle Juszczyk feel to him. I'm really intrigued to see him, not for fantasy, but from a from a team standpoint. I think that the Steelers' offense has a chance to be a lot of fun if Kenny Pickett makes a leap this season. That is that was exactly where I was going to know, go next because yeah. we're talking about a rookie quarterback last year and the expectation that he's going to take a step forward this mm-hmm. year, right? Yeah. More targets, guys that you can just feel a little bit more comfortable with. We got to look and see what's going to happen with that running back room. A lot of people have been down on Najee Harris, and you know, for a lot of a lot of good reasons. His inefficiency has been poor, I think is a fair way to say that. Part of that, though, is an offensive line issue. And so if they can fix this offensive line, which will help Kenny Pig in the passing game, we could look at the same thing for the running game. But I love Deontay Johnson. I think beca- because yeah. of the zero touchdowns last year when you're in drafts, I think he's fallen a little bit more than what he should. Not like him. I don't have him as a top 15 wide receiver, but he's, I think, more valuable than a few of the wide receivers that are going in front of him as far as I am concerned. I have him as wide receiver 21, Mike Clay. Yeah, so do I. Uh, what? Yeah, Seriously? Yeah, I'm at 21 as well. Yeah, we're on the same page. Wow. I like him. I like him a lot. I've always been a, a John, uh, Deontay Johnson apologist. You know, the only concern is, I mean, we thought this, his poor yards per target, he's dead last in yards per target, a receiver of our last three seasons. 
And we thought it was really a big Ben issue where he was just throwing everything so sure and, yep. and it just wasn't working. But it carried over last year. It wasn't it wasn't better last year. So that one hurts me a little bit. But it, he's a great route runner. You know, there's and he's heavily targeted. So, I, yeah, I think the t- actually the touchdown projection is on the screen. I have him at four. That's exactly where I had him last year. He'd eight two years ago. He was on my list, like guys that are going to score a lot less. And I remember looking at that last offseason thinking eight to four for a guy that doesn't he was over his head the year before like yeah. he was clearly over his head but to overcorrect that much to zero uh that was too much so and yeah i think i think he'll bounce back a bit 20 touchdowns through his first three seasons got it yeah yeah so i mean if he had eight last year then you're talking about six basically averaging six yeah. to two years before so that's a huge dive i mean for him to even get four that's gonna that's gonna pump him up the rankings quite a bit you know based on what you saw last year but i think He's a guy that you can definitely look at that as being a little bit undervalued because of what happened to him last year. Mm-hmm. Here's another guy. We've argued on this guy a little bit. And this is a tough one because he's way down the rankings. Basically not ranked. Yeah. Okay. Have, uh, yeah. Maybe this one, this player was in our lives over the last few days. So we're going to talk about uh, yes, this. Yes, it was. A little trade action. Yeah, we did have a little trade action. But yeah. I have Romeo Dobbs as a guy that I see as undervalued for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Mike, one of them being Jordan Love. We haven't seen a lot of Jordan Love, have we? Pretty small sample size. Correct. One start, I believe. One start. And when you look at the other wide receiver in that offense, you got Christian Watson, who was obviously the guy that everyone's excited about. I know that you are excited Mm -hmm. about him. But Watson lives down the field a little bit more than Mm -hmm. Romeo Dobbs. So when I'm looking at a guy like Jordan Love, not totally sure what he's going to be as a quarterback, but he's got to take deep shots, which are sometimes less efficient to Christian Watson. The idea of that safety valve, that Romeo Dobbs rule that we've been hearing about in training camp where Jordan Love doesn't have to air it out. Jordan Love is able to play closer to the line of scrimmage. I see Romeo Dobbs as being a guy that is basically free right now in drafts, Mm -hmm. costs you absolutely nothing, but the upside is a chance for just someone that on a bye week, you need a flex play, someone who's going to get targets, someone that's going to have five catches for 55 yards. I think Romeo Dobbs can be that guy in this offense as the safety valve for Jordan Love. We got to wait and see what's going on, but that's the way I've sort of been pro- projecting out this wide receiver room. How do you feel yeah, about Dobbs? I mean, after the draft, they sp- spent a second round pick on, a, on, uh, on yep. a wide receiver, Jaden Reed. And initially, my thought was he'd be the two, right? He would just slide in as the two pretty quickly. And that could still happen. Yeah. Right? Don't get me wrong. Absolutely but, could. And remember, Romeo Dobbs is a, he was a day three pick last year. He was kind of forced in action early last season was top five among receivers and drops, right? He didn't, he had his ups and downs for sure. And after the injury, he didn't play as much down the stretch. Like Christian Watson clearly took took control as the feature target down the stretch. But over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of Dobbs hype, right? Uh, Bunch. That that he's been. I've been reading it. Yeah, he's been, I I can tell. That's why you wanted him in the trade, (laughs) which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, yes, that essentially Dobbs has been his go-to target. Now we, we, again, training camp, it's training camp. We hear kind of that stuff all the time. I still think Watson's the better player, the higher pedigree player, higher ceiling earlier, outplayed him last year. So I would still, I still feel comfortable with Watson, but I feel like Dobbs maybe, maybe early, early in the season locks down that number two job, but it might not be for long. I mean, this could be like busy Johnson out playing Justin Jefferson for two weeks you know like that's a real possibility if uh if Jaden Reed proves the real deal and gets on the field so here's the great part about that Mike Romeo Dobbs costs you nothing if you're able to grab him at the very end of your draft Uh right you can have him for the first six seven eight weeks of the season and then like I'm expecting for a lot of these rookie wide receivers I expect their breakout to be towards the second half of the year and at that point if you end up moving on from Romeo Dobbs in the second half of the year it already costs you nothing so it's not like you know you're moving on and it's going to hurt you from that perspective but I I do want to be realistic it's 
totally possible that the second round guy that they drafted could take over that spot for Romeo Dobbs. We'll see. I'm just right now yeah. reading through training camp, looking at Jordan Love and trying to think if, if you're talking about a, a quarterback that we have not seen a lot of that has had some potential accuracy issues as well. Where are the most efficient targets going to come from? Closer to the line of scrimmage. That's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, I hear you. And and Watson has not proven the real deal in the pros yet. He had a really good finish to last season, but he's not a sure thing. And he missed a chunk of time with an injury injury last year. So who knows? Maybe Dobbs does spend most of the season just, even if it's inefficient, soaking up a lot of targets. Soaking up that, right? yeah. So uh, I, I'm with you. I'm fine with it as a late flyer. He's going in about the 12th round right now. It's kind of ADP's creeping up, but I'm with you. Kyle, as a resident Packers fan, how do you feel about this wide receiving core, especially now that Jordan Love is under center rather than having Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to these guys? Yeah, I'm going to have zero investment. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, emotionally tied enough. I don't need to double down on this team. I, I'm 33 years old, and we haven't had really a bad Packers offense. And so, you know, I'm trying to Until last year. the mental space. Well, last year, but we had Rodgers, so we at least had hope it would be good. I'm, I'm not entering said season with uh, that kind of hope. You know what's frustrating? Wow. Kyle apparently is 33 years old in spite of looking like he's 23 yeah. and he has never basically had a bad season as a Packers fan. Cause he oh. went from freaking Brett Favre to so Aaron Rodgers. Be. Yeah. Yeah. That's lucky. They, I mean, me as a Lions fan, I hate everything. About you. I know. Right. It's not even, not not even that old Mike. Come on. <laughs> I mean, That's you never fair. know. I mean, That's, yeah. Kyle could be like, I'm 84. Sure. There's no way to tell. Right? There's no way to tell, honestly. Like, be 18 or 84. We don't know. Uh, all right, Mike, we got a couple other guys that we want to talk about. Oh, no. First, our trade. we yeah. did a trade, though. Yeah. I, we should mention this. Yeah, so, Dynasty, Dynasty League. League. Yeah, we were, I was negotiating with a lot of people because I ended up with uh, five quarterbacks. I got, like, Geno Smith on waivers last year. It was just – so I have uh, traded for Deshaun Watson at one point. Uh, and a Debo Samuel in a first round pick deal traded for Justin Herbert. So I have those two as my starters. I have Daniel Jones, yep. who I drafted, uh, Russell Wilson, who I traded in deal with Derek Henry with field a couple of years ago. And G- like, so and I had G- five, five, five starting five, quarterbacks, five starting quarterbacks in a super flex with 12 teams. So one of them had to go, I had to fill some voids in terms of the skill position player. So I ended up talking to you mm-hmm. and I was looking for a good starting skill guy. Quarterbacks are expensive. So I traded you a guy. I didn't really want to move. Daniel Jones, because I think we haven't seen a ceiling yet, traded him Dobbs and Daniel Jones for Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. And I'm in a spot where I am more rebuilding, looking for the next couple yep. years. And in a super flex league, quarterbacks are, are what you need. If you yeah. don't have two quarterbacks, you're in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. So for me, I already had Jordan Love, which is one of the guys that's been riding my bench for the last three or four years while yeah. I've been waiting for him to take over for Aaron Rodgers. It all pays off now. Yeah, now finally, it's like, all right, if I'm going to get Daniel Jones, it worked out. You had Romeo Dobbs, and I wanted, like, as a lower-value guy, I, I like being able to take a shot on someone I can pair with Jordan Love and see how that works out with that tandem. Yeah, see, that's part of negotiations and trades, knowing your league members, because you and I did, you you did a, we did like a YouTube show. We yep. had a little fun with yes, that, uh, taping yeah. some stuff. Is that out there? Is that public? That is not. Is, nope. It's not public yet. Okay. So a little foreshadowing, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Is we'll that, see. Maybe it will be out there. Maybe it won't. Maybe it's just for we'll us. We'll find no out. Yeah. Knows. But we had a little fun just taping some stuff on the side and you were talking up Romeo Dobbs and I was like, I have Romeo Dobbs in yes, the Dynasty League and I have a player that I want on Daniel's roster and he needs a quarterback too. And that's where that started. I mean, you the initial offer. And so that's a, that's a thing. If you're with your buddies at the bar or something and they're like. Oh no, that guy's that, that's the best guy. Like he's gonna break out this year. So, Tuck that right. away and realize, hey, yeah, maybe remember, maybe make him a trade offer, right? An yeah, offer off, throw him into a deal or something. So it's tough uh, in a vacuum, yeah. but Dynasty Superflex. I traded 
Travis Etienne for Daniel Jones and Romeo Dobbs. Would love to know what you guys think about the trade. Does it seem fair across the board? Understanding what Mike's got, you, your team got better because you didn't need Daniel Jones. I think I added myself a top 12 quarterback, yeah. which is something I desperately needed, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I, I did not want to trade Daniel Jones. I really wanted to trade Russ or Gino, or but Gino. they're older, and uh, you know, rebuilding teams in our league want younger quarterbacks, and you know, competitive teams probably have two quarterbacks, so it was kind of tough. So I figured they're good bench guys, and, and moving Jones makes sense. But, yeah. And uh, I think I think it was a, worked out great. Me too. Nice fair deal. I'm happy for both of us. Me too. Speaking of trades that worked out, how do you feel about Kadarius Tony being in Kansas City? Did Be- it work out yet? We'll see. Here's the thing. TBD. He got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, right? Kadarius Tony. I believe did. so. Yeah. Him and uh, uh, yeah, I believe that he did. So when I'm looking at Kadarius Tony, the question mark has never been talent. It's not skill. It's not is this guy you know a decent fantasy player can he go out there and put up it's can he stay on the field for me to be able to use him and that was my big concern because last year even with Patrick Mahomes if you have Patrick Mahomes under center and you're not a top 20 wide receiver what's going on I'm looking at MVS I'm looking at Sky Moore is it just there's too many mouths in this too many too many things to feed in this offense is it the idea that you know, Kadarius Tony's having a hard time staying on the field. So because of that, he doesn't have the opportunity to be the top 20 upside that we're talking about. How are you looking at Kadarius Tony? Because mm-hmm. in this Chiefs offense, Travis Kelsey has been the guy since the tra- Tyreek Hill trade. And there could be room sooner or later. Someone else is going to have to take over. That could That's be it. Kadarius Tony. That's it. I mean, it's there's room for someone to take that number one job, but no one has. Who's yet, right? Be? So there's a lot yep. of guys there that could do that. MVS guy, more Rishi Rice, the rookie. And uh, of course, Kadarius Tony. And, of course, it'll be, like, Richie James, yeah. Justin Watson. Like, of course it will because we're drafting all the other guys, so why not? Uh, but, look, here's the thing with Tony. By the way, Antihero was the Taylor Swift song for him, Anti-hero. right? Antihero. Okay. Uh, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me, right? Because we're just going to keep eighth-round ADP. We're just going to keep drafting this guy even though he continue, continues to uh, to burn us. Um, it, it's too early for me. I don't think I'm going to draft him much. I have a lot of dynasty exposure to him. Just keeping him on those rosters for now and seeing how it plays out because the upside is really high. Uh, but look, 10 games with the Chiefs last year, 13.3 snaps per game. Believe it or not, two career games with more than 14 fantasy points. So for all the hype we give him, this guy has not delivered Yikes. through two seasons. But it is a great offense. It's a great opportunity with an underwhelming uh, wide receiver depth chart. Justin Ross is there, too, by the way. I'm keeping an eye on him. He was a superstar before major injury at the college level. Yep. Uh, I'd love to see him get back to full health and be a, a factor in Kansas City. So they have a lot of names, just no matter who emerges. I'd rather throw the late darts on rice or sky Moore, someone like that tony in the eighth round there's too much there's too much certified talent in that range for me to bother with I'm, if i am drafting a kansas city chiefs pass catcher i'm either going early with travis kelsey yep. or i'm waiting late for the guys that you just mentioned i'm mm-hmm. totally with you and i think that Kadarius tony has the ability to be the guy in this offense we just have to be able to see it do we like him being able to be take that next step juju didn't do it last year juju's moved on we didn't really see sky Moore, like uh, Maybe maybe second year Sky Moore. You know, we see a little yeah. bit there, but there's still a lot to be able to figure out. And of all the guys in that receiving room, Kadarius Tony seems to be the most talented of the, ta- oh, yeah. uh, of the bunch. You see that on tape for sure. And we've seen teams try to feature him, especially the Giants. He had that like 10 target game where he it was like his breakout game, one of his two games with more than 14 fantasy points, but he just can't handle it so far. So is this a guy that at some point will turn that corner? Or is it a guy who's going to be like Michael Hardman and just be a situational player, or maybe even like Curtis Samuel, right? Yeah. He'll run, maybe run the ball a little bit, plays designed for him, but never 
see the volume, we need to be a consistent fantasy starter. That's the question. But if you take him, you're throwing a, a, a dart at a lottery ticket. Do you do that in the eighth round? It's a tough one. Not necessarily. Early. Like, it depends the position, right? Of course, Kyle Pitts in that range, of course, but because that's tight end. But tight, a yeah, wide receiver with the other talent there, that's it's too early for me. I'm not doing it. All right, so I've got a blank space, Mike, and i got to find a running back to fill it. Do you have a running back? And that might not be. Did you talk about this player? I, I did. Oh, I did shake it. it off, though. Shake it off. Shake okay. it off right. what happened last season That's with Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, Jonathan Taylor is another one that I feel like a lot of people, there is, there is fear mongering for two reasons, right? One, got hurt last year. I used the number one overall pick on Jonathan Taylor, and he sucked, and, and I don't want to draft him again. One, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the argument. Two, they drafted a guy who was a running quarterback, and there is this fear about having a running back on the same team as a running quarterback. So with those two things, Mike, is there a chance that Jonathan Taylor can still be an undervalued running back because mm-hmm. he is sliding so far down that first round because it's filled with pass catchers and wide receivers and not yeah. other running backs? I think it's possible, especially in non-PPR, where you can almost make the case he's a number one running back for sure. I mean, in non-PPR, just because he's... Because Eckler and CMC you know, drop can, so much. Yeah, I haven't projected for 36 catches. It's going to be on the lower end of those top running backs for sure, but there's plenty of room for them to call a run heavy offense and for Taylor to push for 300 carries here. I've been projected at 298 and that's, that's with him missing a couple of games. So yeah. uh, they did not, they're not worried about him. He's 24 years old. He's he stays in great shape. He was on the podcast last year. Remember and, and talked about that stays in great shape. Uh, I fully expect him to be back to full health and, and trained and ready to go for this year. Um, and they're not worried if they were, they would have addressed running back. It's yep. Zach Moss and Deion Jackson, the same situation as last year. They didn't really do anything. So it should still be the Taylor show here. Uh, his carry and target usage last year, believe it or not, between the breakout year with 2000 years and last year, were almost identical on a game to game basis. Really? Yeah. Uh, about nine, 19 carries and the three to four targets per game. Targets were actually up a little bit. We've seen his upside before. I think he's the real deal. And I think that uh, he's in a probably a better, a pretty good situation here. So in this offense, yeah, I think they try to run it through him. I think he's a mid to back end RB one, even in PPR. Just talk me off of the idea that I shouldn't draft a running back though on a team with a running quarterback. Yeah, that's uh you didn't do the research on this one. Oh, Come on, man. I, this isn't the, about me. You're the smart one here. I'm see, on, pull up the pull up the list of, of what is it? We need like a threshold, right? So like quarterbacks with what uh five hundred plus yards will look like Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, uh Josh Justin, Allen, Justin Fields. Committee. Well Fields, yeah. Daniel Jones three quarters of a year Jones last year. We can look back at them running quarterbacks and see uh, what the running back position. We have to really look at the running back position because some of them will use committees like in Buffalo. How much did they produce? But with Taylor, it's going to be like 80% Taylor. He's going to be out there like every down. So it feels like Saquon be an interesting study for sure. Saquon is steps out of that with Daniel Jones. That was just last year, but like looking at Lamar Jackson, like has the, you know, JK Dobbins, we haven't really seen it enough. We haven't, unfortunately there hasn't been enough of a sample size to really good. Uh, great elite rushing efficiency but you're right that a lot of guys have been in and out with injuries and they don't they didn't target the running backs that's another thing will richardson dump it off to running backs a lot of quarterbacks will scramble in lieu of dump offs right so that could be a, a concern as well but again we weren't really expecting like a this ton projection of pass yeah does not include a lot of pass catching if he can get to 35 catches 40 catches we're feeling great about that uh but as long as he gets 300 carries and is good and effective which he should be yeah still have a, some talent on the offensive line, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, it's it's okay. Uh, so I think that uh, I think Taylor will bounce back. I do. I feel good yeah. about it. Good. I feel good about it too. I like Jonathan Taylor, and he's someone that if I can wait, I'm 
specifically taking wide receivers very early pass catchers cmc and eckler fall but like i'm targeting pass catchers in the first round of this year and looking at what running back can i grab in the second half or the first half of the second round and i love when i can get a jonathan taylor to pair with a premier pass catcher Mm -hmm. i feel like that's putting me in a really good spot so all right that's gonna do it for our football talk mike is that fair i think we got a few more things we want to get into though we do a few more things yeah a few more things i want to invite my good friend we have a friend that is usually on this show with us his name is field minister yates Field is not here today. Oh, yeah? How come? Uh, well, I actually don't know why Field decided not to come into work. It's not uh, like he's got man. anything important no. going on in life. Uh, uh, yeah. Prez, is there any chance that you have Fields here? What? Oh, there he is. Hey, hey, Field, what's up, man? Why, uh, hey. why uh, are you at home in a T-shirt rather yeah, than in uh, business attire? Well, I know you guys know that I'm a big bowler, and uh, this is actually a bowling convention this week here in Connecticut. <laughs> and dare you. so uh, with me and my friends that often invite me to their bowling the bowl, outings, yeah. uh, boating outings, uh, yeah, so we are training this week, so we can't be uh, at work. Oh, is, there, is there anything else that anything you guys else? were wondering <laughs> about potentially be could be, be the reason behind my absence? Okay, oh, yeah. By it. the way, I didn't even know we were doing this, so this is just... You didn't know the field I, was going to join the no, show, right? I had no idea. I'm no, just learning this amazing. right now. Oh, great. Thanks for reading the show. It's a good thing that Mike reads the note. You know, our producers were extremely extremely hard to put this out a thoughtful, note. detailed note I like to be clear, every show. This is not on my note, okay? I love it. Oh, okay. Got it. Got right. it. All yeah. Right. You know um, All right. Field, it's great to see your face, but you're obviously not here because you've had some life stuff going on as well. So I just wanted to say congratulations. You put some stuff Thank on the you freaking guys. I had internet. A kid again. You had a, you no. How about that? Yeah. That's so amazing. So, uh, a second uh, child. The greatest honor of my life is joining the club that Mike Clay is also yes. a member of as I became a father to a second daughter this past Friday. Yeah, uh, Palmer is her name. Uh, named after, uh, you think about legendary NFL receivers, Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, Joshua Palmer of the Chargers. That was <laughs> yes. the inspiration for her name. So nice. Palmer is uh, doing great. Uh, she is eating quite a bit. Uh, she's sleeping quite a bit, more so during the day than at night. Uh, We're trying to reverse that in time, but uh, that's a rite of passage of being a parent. Uh, we're just 17 months removed from doing this with Kinley, but um uh, I, I, we could not be happier, guys. It's the greatest thing. I know Mike can talk about mm-hmm. it and attest to it. Um, you know, we're not that far into our life as parents uh, with two under 18 months, but uh, there's some sort of joy that you just can't quite possibly articulate uh, before the baby is born that just fills your body the minute that you meet the child. Mm-hmm. I was crying like a baby girl myself when she was born, and uh, Chapin was absolutely incredible during the process never will cease to amaze me what women do oh during gosh, labor right. to uh, to produce these children. So shout out to moms everywhere, but we couldn't be happier where we are. As I keep, uh, when people ask how we're doing, I say we may be overtired, but more so we're overjoyed. So we are thrilled and it's been awesome that you guys have been willing to hold down the fort. Uh, last week, you guys did so this week. And I think next week as well, as I'm trying to take some time uh, to spend these precious moments with Palmer, but uh, it's been amazing, guys. Like uh, being a parent, it's it's. There are certainly times where it will drive you up a wall because you want your kid to do something and they don't actually do it. Whether it's eating what they're supposed to, sleeping when they're supposed to, or something in between. But like 90% of the time, it is the coolest thing ever, and um, we are so so thrilled to have two in our household right now. Heck Love yeah, it. man! Love it. So well said, uh, and of course, Fields not even here, and he's the MVP of the show. I know, right? As yeah. usual, just just Stop totally it. crushing it. But you're right. I mean, as the girls get older, it just gets better and better as they start playing with each other and the way they take care of each other. It's the best. So uh, I'm super happy for yeah, you. Buddy. And you know, what's crazy is we're, we're, we're starting to think and it's early. She's only five days old, but we do think that Palmer might have some, some prodigy in her as earlier today, like, I don't know, 30 minutes ago, 
I showed her that tweet, the poll about whether Deontay Johnson would be a top 20 wide receiver. She's down asleep right now, but just before she fell asleep, she looked at me and she was like, Dad, I think borderline top 20. I have him just outside my top 20 this year. Uh, there are a few mouths to feed in Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, but I've got him as like wide receiver 24, 25. And I would have thought like when I was inside my mom's belly, I was a little bit lower on him. But then I heard you talking to Mike Clay. He was very bullish on Deontay Johnson. And that kind of persuaded me. So almost top 20, but not quite there yet. I love this. What she got? Jeez. Yeah. Brooke Tire, like set up from the yeah. wounds. So she knows all the stuff that's going yeah. on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's been watching a lot of NFL live and fantasy focus. Uh, yeah. So she get that perfect blend of like football insight with fantasy football insights. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I, Kinley took a full year before she said her first word. Meanwhile, Palmer's spitting out sentences five <laughs> days in. <laughs> Fantasy football does bring out the takes. So uh, she is a future. She will be on the focus one day. Whether that's, gonna, uh, those, those two I'll, be, I'll be so old at that point. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's not a bad idea right yeah. there. I'm in on huh. that. If I call my shot now, can I at least get like, um, like if that is the case, I just want free Disney tickets. That's all I want. Yeah. If that's, that's how this all turns that's out. I'm, I'm asking for. for nothing else. Okay. That's that's just most that of the clear. benefit of working here. Yes. Is the, the, Dennis, yeah. the Disney passes. Why do you, you think Mike stays every year? That's right. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's an annual trip. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, so good. It's the best. Field, yeah. I don't totally know how to transition from that because that's incredible news. And I, like we are so pumped as a focus family and just for you and Chapin in general for that. Uh, but when you talk about us as a family as well, mm-hmm. one of the members of our family is thirsty Kyle Soppy, who came to ESPN a number of years ago. And my gosh, we all just fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. I just hmm. it's weird because Kyle's sitting behind us. I know he's listening to me say all these things. But uh, Kyle, yeah, you were in a spot where this is going to be your last fantasy focus. Why don't you tell the people what's Sadly, coming yes. up for you and what's next? Sadly, yes. I will be headed to Pro Football Network, effective next week. I will be their one of their primary betting and fantasy analysts. And uh, we're going to, you know, just take a view over there. Nothing against ESPN. Love this show. Love everything you guys have given me, the platform, everything. It's been amazing. Wouldn't change a single thing. You guys mean the world to me. Everybody on this show from on camera, off camera, to anybody I've worked with that has touched this thing. It's been amazing. And I, I don't know how else to say that. And I'm not good with emotion, so I'll throw back to Daniel. He's he's the emotional one that gets good with this stuff. But it's, no way, uh, man. Good at emotions, Daniel. I, I, I it's tough. Yeah, that's how But it's it's tough. It's this is an industry that's given me so much, and it's mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay in it, and obviously that's not going to change, but you guys have given me even more. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, certainly a well-deserved opportunity for Kyle. So who, pumped for you, man. Uh, I've actually worked with Kyle at two different places. That's right. He uh, contributed at pro football focus fantasy when I was there, when I was running that and he came over and of course, in, in normal Kyle form, he's like emails me and is like, Hey, can I contribute? I have like something I'm working on. And he sends me like, what was it like an 80 page PDF or something <laughs> yeah. like yeah. full of <laughs> Data, like his own draft guide, like, and we just put it on the site and sold it like right through our product or something like that. So that's how I met, and then uh, how we met, and then we both ended up here, and and uh, just uh, just a huge part of this show and prep for other shows as well. FF now, so uh, research has been excellent and helping me organize my thoughts into nuggets for these shows. It's been immensely helpful, and it's gonna be hard to replace. So Kyle, we love you as a a person, uh, as a as a coworker, but. I'm I'm pumped for Kyle. Like I'm, I'm so Kyle, excited. pumped for you. Like you, this opportunity to to be an analyst, obviously, what you love, it's going to be great. So hopefully, we'll circle back at uh, at some point down the road. But we'll hopefully see him still at bowling. I'm right? thinking like, every Tuesday I'm going to see. Yeah, you. we could keep you on yeah. 
I'm I, the bowling team. Yeah, we can. It's yeah. like uh, if you were here Oof. before, you're still you could still be on the team. Sorry so. about that field. Mm, interesting. This is not yeah. awkward or anything. I want people to understand though the magnitude. I'll put aside my bowling saltiness here for a second. Oh, I, I just want people to understand the magnitude of of this move for PFN. Uh, we've got a lot of friends, uh, ESPN, former colleagues, uh, and others who are there now. Mm -hmm. uh, this would be what I would call like the fantasy equivalent of Aaron Rodgers and the trade this offseason, the biggest name on the move. And Mike touched on it. I know Daniel's going to touch on it more. Um, I probably, and I, I'm certainly one that uh, likes to, I, I maybe sometimes lay it on thick, but this is not laying it on thick in any way, shape, or form. You won't meet a better teammate or person than Kyle Soppy. When you think about hard work, uh, there's a picture in the dictionary uh, of Kyle Sapi right there. I've never met somebody more willing, capable, um, or desired to uh, to be great uh, than Kyle. And it didn't matter, and I can attest to this because I had a child recently, and I'm up at some very odd hours. Uh, it did not matter if it was the end of the night at 12.45 a.m. or if it was the beginning of the morning at 4.45 a.m., I guarantee you Kyle Sapi was going to get back to you and do so in an expedient manner and do so with an incredibly thorough detailed, articulate uh, answer that you are looking for. Kyle knows how much he means to me, and it's not just professional, it's personal. Uh, one of the greatest, kindest souls that you will ever meet mm. in any walk of life. And while we are, it's bittersweet for us because we are sad that Kyle is leaving us at ESPN. Um, we are thrilled for the opportunity that he has at PFN. And as Mike and Daniel both just alluded to, we're keeping him in our little corner of the world here in Connecticut. He doesn't have to move as part of this anywhere. job. So Kyle yeah. and his beautiful wife, Marisa, are still a big part of our family. And uh, we can't wait to continue to do things. Probably not bowling for me, uh, but other things with Kyle. And uh, I, I want people to just understand. Big move for PFN, mm. and do yourself a favor. Go find Kyle on Twitter right now. Kyle Soppy, is it ESPN still, Kyle, or have you changed that? It is. It'll be PFN in an hour or two, but okay. I appreciate that okay. feel. You don't miss with words. I don't know how you eloquent. Like, I could have stayed up all night trying to script what I wanted to say, and it wouldn't matter. I don't know how you spit everything out like that. Thank you, though. That means the world to me, and you know I think the world of you as an analyst and even more as a friend and as a neighbor and a father of two. Like, I don't know. How you do what you do at such a high level is amazing to me, and that's that's not going to change. And you're more than welcome to come any Tuesday at bowling. You can, I've got an extra pair of shoes. We got a couple bowling balls. You could, uh, we can make this work. Absolutely. I got to figure out whether bowling has like a handicap, and I'll turn it over to sure. you now, Daniel. But like you know, in I golf, it. sometimes yeah, it's it nice to have a bad round because you get your handicap up, right? Which is good for tournament play. If you guys need someone to be bad at bowling to like drag your collective average down to help you guys in future matchups. Just let me know. Field, I'm I right can, around the corner. Field, I can assure you there's a handicap because that, I that was it. Mike's role. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was Mike's role? Yes, that was no. Mike's role for a long yeah, time. It was. It was, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to figure it out a little bit, but yeah, uh, yeah, that was my job. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to compose myself for a minute after all the stuff that Field said and let you know that Stefania, in spite of the fact that she is boondoggling right now, did send in a video to let you know uh, how much you mean to her. Kyle, I can't believe it's your last show. I'm so sad that I'm not there in person to wish you farewell, but you're never gonna leave our hearts. You know this, right? And what everyone else should know out there is that Kyle is not only known for his meticulous research and his amazing stats that he comes up with to make us all look good, but he's also known for being one of the nicest human beings on the planet. And I can tell you that on more than one occasion, Kyle has come over to help me move things that are too heavy for me to move from my basement up to my library or 
help me get a Christmas tree in the stand when I needed an extra pair of hands or put an air conditioning unit in the window in the last place I lived. I mean, I could go on and on because, well, Kyle's always doing acts of kindness. Um, I think I had my car break down once and he took me to work. I mean, I could just keep on going. So I don't know what I'm going to do without you, Kyle. I don't know how I'm going to go on, but uh, we wish you well in all of your future endeavors and know that you will always be a part of our show. Heck yeah, Kyle. And are amazing. on this, top of that, I, uh, I want to say, first off, right next to you, there's a chair and that chair is a little bag. If you want to grab it, I got it for you earlier today as I was coming in. Kyle, one of the things that I know, you know, this, My but guy. I freaking like, we love you so much. There is, there has never been a time when we have not, uh, at least me personally, I've not felt so grateful and thankful for everything that you are and the things that you do for us on this show. No one will know the amount of work and effort and everything that you have given to us on a daily basis over the countless number of years. Um, we do this thing when we do bets that you don't bet money. We bet cereal. We sure do. Mm -hmm. And so I brought you in a couple of boxes of cereal to hold you over until next time. Actually, my <laughs> friend took that photo for the record uh, for that Wheaties box, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's that awesome. That is cool. Um, and, uh, but I do know that Life Cereal is, in fact, the, uh, the cereal of which we are going for. Kyle, I am so unbelievably grateful, as is Field and Mike and Stefania, that we got to be a part of your life and that you have been a part of ours for as long as you have been. I will not forget you in any capacity i have so many memories that i have made with you driving down to san diego in that convertible oh to go to God. chargers camp seeing melvin gordon in the crew <sighs> that was unreal there's so many things that i could go through but i just i want to say you are one of my favorite humans you are one of my best friends you mean the world to me as you do to everybody else on this podcast and in spite of the fact that you're not going to be here today you will be in our hearts for always and I want everybody to please go and find Kyle on social media and just give him love because if there's Appreciate anyone that. here that deserves it, this dude has done so much for us. Kyle, I love you so much, man. And you know that's right back at you. I, it's, the friendship I've developed with you just from show notes to anything, to stupid things, to putting air in my tires, literally, everything. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's hard to, people get a view of what Daniel Dopp is on TV. It's not half of what he is in real life. And that's, Hearing that from you, and let's not act like this is all past tense. Like, we've got the future ahead of us. Heck yeah, man. It's just work days, you know? Like, it's we still live close. That's not going to change. I don't want anything to change. You know, I mean, this is this has been amazing. And you guys are making this hard on me, but that's because of how important this is to me, to you, to everybody. So thank you. Thank you to everybody involved. This has been amazing. To the community, the people, the YouTube chat, everybody. I mean, this is, this is a hell of an industry. It just is. It is what it is, and I'm still going to be a part of it. That's not going to change. Still going to have rankings, still going to have terrible takes like that. I'm going to be around <laughs> fighting with you guys. That's part of all of this. And thank you. Thank you again for all the kind words and for everything. Yeah, there was a lot of kind words. So I think I'll take the counter now. Yeah, yeah go, go for it. We'll do the stuff. negative. Do why is Kyle oh, overvalued? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not overvalued. Uh, we're out of time. I Past my I prime. Just... All right. Well, we'll do that off the air. Uh, yeah, next show. Next show, Mike. Ne next yeah. show. That'll be the next show. Uh, obviously kidding. We love, we, we, uh, we love Kyle. So uh, we're going to miss you, buddy. And thanks for all you've done. Heck yeah, man. So much Thank that you. no one will ever know. Kyle, we love you. Please go fo follow Kyle on social media at Kyle Soppy underscore PFN. Make sure that you give him some love. Tell him mm -hmm. how much you appreciate what he has done for this show. Cause if you've cared about focus at all, he has had such a massive impact on it. So go out and give him some love. And that's really it. Field, you got anything you want to add from home before we get out of here, bud? 
just again, thank you to Kyle. Go Pack Go. He is a huge Packers fan, That's huge right. Penn State guy. And uh, thank you to everybody here uh, for holding down the fort uh, until I return and to all the people that uh, listen to this show that have been so incredibly kind and congratulating us on these new beginnings. Um, if anybody has a spare parent around, they're willing to lend us for the nighttime. Uh, just please contact me directly on Twitter because we could sure use it right now. Because I've retired from sleep until further notice. Well, that's so good. All right, we got you, buddy. Get some yeah. sleep. Heck yeah, See you man. Soon. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you. That's going to do it for us today. For Mike and Field, Stefania and Kyle Soppy, we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to love each other. This is what football is all about, making relationships and being able to find your friends that you want to spend time with. So thank you so much. We love you guys. Don't forget to love yourself. You have earned that. We'll see you next week. Next week. Peace. drove to work neither guy wore a seatbelt one guy got a ticket one guy didn't the same two guys drove home one guy wore a seatbelt one guy didn't one guy made it home the guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't don't risk it click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA